Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode, we are taking a break from our five-week series of Why the Last Man to throw in just a little bit of horror genre love. My friend Liam and I are going to be talking about the horror comic that everyone is talking about, Something is Killing the Children, by James Tinian IV and Werther Deladera. I'm not much of a horror guru, so I brought in Liam to talk about a series that he is absolutely nuts for, and he's not the only one. Just a warning, we are going to go into complete spoilers for Something is Killing the Children, number one through five, so consider yourself warned. As always, remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics, and make sure to clobber the like and subscribe buttons, as well as leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When the children of Archer's Peak begin to go missing, everything seems hopeless. Most children never return, but the ones that do have terrible stories, impossible stories of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. Their only hope of finding and eliminating the threat is the arrival of a mysterious stranger, one who believes the children and claims to see what they can see. Her name is Erica Slaughter. She kills monsters. That is all she does, and she bears the cost because it must be done. Alrighty, and welcome back to Cameron Reads Comics, and I'm here with my very good friend, Liam Tate. Liam, how are you? Uh, I'm great. Okay. I'm good. God bless Liam, because we have tried to record this like episode five times over and 99% of the time it's no 100% of the time it's been on me. And so here we are by the grace of his patience with me <laughs> no, with scheduling. Fun. Oh, it's all good. It's good. So we're here now and we're excited. Um, mm-hmm. Today we're here to talk about something killing the children. And before we get into that though, Liam, I just have some personal questions for you. Absolutely. Um, I always ask new, new guests on the show, what has your relationship been with comic books like thus far? Like how did you kind of like get into this medium? Um, I think it started when I was like five and my dad, we were walking down an aisle in Kmart and there was like uh, these like little grow your own X-Men like toys. Remember those things where you just like grow them in water and they're yeah. like foam things. And it came with a tiny little booklet of like the first appearance of the Hellfire Club. Oh my uh, gosh. And I was like, oh, sweet. So I like just read that over and over. And then uh, the X-Men movies started coming out. My dad was like, let's go see these. These these are awesome. I love the X-Men growing up. So then uh, I saw the X-Men movies. And then I was kind of like eventually just shifted into like, all right, it's time to time to get into what all these people are talking about. So moved into comics. Then I started working at the comic shop. And I just started getting way, way more into it ever since then. I've It's spiraled, some would say. I have an insane amount of comics now since I started Good. working at Oh, yeah. yeah like that's so funny too because especially that hellfire issue that's like mm-hmm. i i don't read a lot of x-men and like i feel so bad for the people on this pod that like want me to read more of it than i do because i'm like you know i read house of x powers of 10 and i was like i don't get this i got yeah. you know I've, I've read some of the critical claremont stuff and, mm-hmm. and i you know, my favorite x-men story is days of future past because oh, it's also just like so digestible because that that universe is the way I describe it to people is like, OK, let's let's have all these people and let's give them all these crazy powers. And then the universe is already like so convoluted. And then, then the X-Men just said, let's add time travel. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my gosh. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Continuity. I've kind of just been like continuity is like whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like if, if the story's fun, you know. I'm going to have fun with it. And if it doesn't make any sense timeline wise, well, I guess I'll just have to live with it kind of thing. Yeah. But Absol- I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. Cause it's like, also you make your own continuity and like, that's the one thing yeah. It's like, I, I think the X-Men are very meta 
and they need yeah. to be like, I need my content to be delivered to me on a silver platter because otherwise it will go above my head. Yeah. I think the X-Men do a good job of kind of being like any marginalized standing group you need, the X-Men can kind of fill it. Yeah. And it's like, he doesn't do, uh, usually most of the authors don't do a very uh, hard job of trying to like hide that from you. So it's yeah. like, it's like, yeah, all right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So um, what genre of comics do you lean towards? Are you just like Marvel or DC? Not that those are genres, but like, you know, are you super into superheroes or are you a big like indie? Kinda, yeah. I like a lot of indie stuff. I like, I like a bit of everything. I'm really leaning into like horror lately because horror comics are just good yeah. and spooky stuff's just awesome. So that's kind of like if I see a new horror title, I always have to try and jump on early so that way I don't get too far behind. And I love reading horror stuff. So uh, I do like superhero stuff. I I tend to like an underdog character more. You know, like, like who? Ooh, I, I like Mr. Say Wolverine. Miracle. Okay, Mr. <laughs> Miracle's good. <laughs> Mr. Miracle's great. I love Mr. Miracle. Uh, I started recent reading. Uh, this isn't really superhero, but I started reading Jason Aaron, uh, Aaron's uh, Conan recently. Oh. I just picked- it's, Tell me how it is. I, I want to read that so bad. I'm like like three and a half issues in, and oh my god, it's fucking amazing. Jason, it's really good. I was like, this is it's dark, but it's good. It's, I was not I was like, Marvel probably won't be too bad. And then like one of the first few pages, I was like, holy shit, this is like this is dark. Yeah, and that's so. and that's that's so Jason Aaron too. Like that title, like I I will preach the gospel of his Thor run because I think it's just one Dude, of the all oh my Oh, dude, his Thor run is so good. You told you picked me. You put me up on that one. It's uh, yeah, I, I'm, oh. I'm gonna own that too because I feel like so many people like get so pissed at all new, all different Marvel, and it's like like all new, all different Marvel now. And I'm like, no, you don't have to be pissed at it because if you actually read some of the books, they're really, really, really good. And that one is the standout of the bunch. Oh, Jason Aaron is his work is great. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, his work on Thor was amazing. And then when he got announced to do, because I remember it was the tail end. He had like four major arcs of his, like four major volumes of his Thor run. And then on the fourth volume around that time, they announced that, oh, hey, he's going to do Conan. And that guy is, oh my gosh. Like I was like, that's destiny. And I didn't get the first issue. And then I'm the kind of guy where if I don't get the first issue, I'm only going to read the series through series through trades. Yeah, and it, I mean it's only uh twelve issues long, so like they we had the big hardcover in stock at the shop. So I was like, and I was bagging and boarding all day, and it was just staring at me, and I was like, oh, whatever, I'll get it, fine. <laughs> oh, looking at it, we all got day. it. <laughs> yeah, and so you pulled the trigger. Yeah, I got it. I was like, yep, yeah, I have to get it. It's just been staring at me. I have to. We also have to plug the shop you're referring to, which is limited edition comics and collectibles and and games. And Cedar Falls, Iowa, right next on the College Hill, right next to University of Northern Iowa. Yes, that's it's, where uh, it's a pretty great job. If I if I do fit. the staff's we, pretty cool. <laughs> I it so myself. You know what? I could say it because this is my platform, and yeah. I'm I'm retired from the shop. Yeah, I hated the magic guys. All right, there's a couple that I loved. I was sure. only there for the comics, and then ever so many people there were just rude to me and i was like especially the magic guys and i was like ah so hey Dude, if you're listening so- and you play magic that's uh, enjoy your thing but also just yeah. be nice to the shop workers Is yeah. it, do you have any experience with that uh there's a couple guys who aren't the kindest <laughs> i so funny <laughs> still yeah it's uh there's some guys who are a little um but you're still in you're still employed by the by the shop so we can't get you too much trouble i'm trying trying to try and take it easy uh it's yeah anyways 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 so friday nights at the shop they do magic if you go just be nice and uh but also go pick up some comics uh super important and and the deals there like oh man i just remember coming in because that was like the first I'd moved from California to Iowa and I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't know anyone, but I was already as into comics, like as I am. And so I, as soon as I was like about to move, I was like, I had gone on a college visit and I went up to Rob and I, or like went in the shop and I started chit chatting with Rob. And I think Benny was behind the counter and like other people. And there's a couple of things like on the walls that I was like, Oh wow. Like, Oh, if, if one reason to go to the shop for the collectors, Rob has an original Phil Hester Green Arrow art uh, 
Yeah. It's not a print. It's a, it's a, it's a drawing. It's a sketch. Yeah. It's still hanging up. And I saw that and I was like, that is so freaking cool because that that's one of the very, very, very early comics that I had ever gotten was the archer's quest. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is so cool. And so I, I, I told Rob also I was walking distance from the campus and I was like, Oh, like when I move here, like I just want, I want to open a poll list. Like, yeah. And it, it's risky now thinking about it. Cause if he doesn't know us, you know, if he doesn't know me and I'm right, that's my number. Okay. Wait, actually leads me into a great question. Yes. Uh, working in a comic shop. If you had one thing, one, like, thing to say to the customers what would it be like if you could preach a message to them what would be like you know your etiquette or just a message that you had oh dude you know we appreciate you being there and like loving comics like as much as we do and we love to talk about comics with you so if you're ever like hey man what's a recommendation you know what do you read what do you like i could sit there and talk to you all day about like the Mm -hmm. comics that i like and the comics i want to share with people because I think that's really important is like, you know, the, the love of comics is what keeps comics going. And if everyone kind of has that passion for it, I feel like it'll just keep, keep going. And the more people to buy it, they'll just keep feeding into it. So, and it's like, and it's like, you know, it's a nice way to, to show your personalized taste is like, what do you like? And, and sharing that with people, what you think you like, and you know, what you think other people might like is always good. So that's what I have you're nicer than I am. Cause my, my number <laughs> one thing it, 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 I asked another guy who works at a, he, go listen to not you, but the audience go listen to yeah. my interview with Ryan from Pulp Fiction, because he, I, I asked him the same question and his was like, Oh man, like don't be intimidated or so uh, he had a very kind answer like that. And my, sure. my, my answer to that question is 100 times out of 10 pick up your damn poll list. Okay. Like, oh my God. That is my yeah, number two. Yeah. If I had to be like mean or not mean, but like more real. Yeah. Fucking pick up your poll list. Dude. Cause literally oh, it's so cluttered. Oh my I've, God. The only like plus side I've ever had to that is when people didn't pick up their poll list and I was able to get like out of print books, like first oh. prints of, of series. And I was like, Oh Rob, I'll take this like off your hands. There was, Oh my God. There was a point where this guy who shall remain nameless uh he was getting this series and he hadn't come by to pick up his police in like months and he got there and he's like he like pulled out a book he said i don't want any of these and he had like the whole series up to like issue 12 and we were like well man that sucks because now it's like uh yeah, because yeah. there's and this is the reason i say this the shops are the ones who swallow that cost you know what i mean yeah they have to put money up front to buy those books and then they make their money back when you buy them. And so if yeah. you are saying, Hey, please buy this book on my behalf, I will pick it up. And then you yeah. don't pick it up. That's just that, you know, that's how they lose money. And go to business. We the yeah. So I sure hope it was a good series and you picked it up though. You're like, it was actually Conan one through 12. <laughs> yeah, it was actually surprisingly. Um, that, but that's how I actually got uh, Daredevil, specifically Daredevil number two by Chip Zdarsky, which at that time had gone um, like the first issue went out of print, but I was able to pick it up off the rack. I just because I was like, oh, this isn't in my poll yet. And then the second issue yeah. came out and I thought I'd added my name and I didn't. And so the Ooh. second issue came out and I didn't get it. And it was like it came out whatever March. And then it said, Oh, second print comes out in April. And I'm like, I don't want to wait another month. And I don't illegally read comics. So I was like, sure. Oh, I just, I don't want to wait. And then this guy, like literally he's like, Oh yeah, he's not a poll customer with us anymore. And he had all these issues. And the fresh one that week was Daredevil number two. And I was like, Oh Rob, can I have this? Or like, <laughs> obviously buy it. And so yeah, that's, that's I love that. Okay. So, Last thing before we get into this book that we read, what like what got you into the genre of horror? Because I think that's at, at, at a young age, like horror, I am just now getting into like the right. genre of horror and like what got you into it? Because I feel like you've always kind of had a toe in that pond. Um, I don't know. I've just always really liked like, you know, creepy kind of occulty stuff. And it just so was like, as soon as I was like, oh, there are horror comics. Perfect. And it's like, I've, I work on like film stuff with my friends and stuff. And we've been writing horror movies since like high school that we just shoot these crappy little horror. Like, no, comedy. don't say that. 
some of them are pretty good. Some of them are good. The, not the ones that I work on, but yeah, Dude, the ones that. <laughs> Yo, stop! Uh, yeah, no. Wait, do you have a do you have a platform you can plug where they can go watch those? Um, yeah, uh, Lost Utopia Films on YouTube. It's mostly run by my friend Terrell, but almost all my work is done with him. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's collaborative, and then you can yeah. go check out his work too. So go check those out. It's it's great. He just won some awards uh, for a bunch of his shorts short film stuff over the past couple of years. So absolutely check him out. He's, he's great. And all, all my writing work you can see through there as well. So, Oh yeah. Liam, I forget that you're such a writer. And if oh. I had one thing to, to tell Liam, it'd just be, Hey man, obviously. <laughs> and you guys just heard it. He's hard on himself. And it's like, Hey, just, just put out the content. And that's, that's yeah. not that I'm a podcast master, obviously, but it's just like more than anything, when it comes to making content, it's like, it just, even if it's not the best, even if you're not the most proud of it, I just think to have a body of work. And then for me onto the next thing is, is such a good cycle. It's like, Hey, if I, if I'm fumbling, like for, frankly, for this book, I kind of fumbled. I'm like, I'm having a hard time getting myself to read this. I'm getting a hard time to ask myself like, or write down questions that I'd have for someone about this. And I was like, ah, it's just not coming to me, but I'm like, you know what? Like I need to do this so that I can move on to my next episode or whatever it be. And like, you know, and always, I think the process, if I just sit myself down and do the thing, I like it so much more. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's, that's definitely been me lately. Trying to just sit down and read, (laughs) get there, read and write and do all my stuff. Good for you. That's awesome. Okay. So now into this book, uh, I don't think I told you before this, we are only talking about volume one. So issues one through five, let's not yeah. spoil. I, cause I, you know, also that's I all I only have. read this one in anticipation. So Great. yeah, I only read number are, one, but are you, is this in your poll? Like the whole series? Uh, I get them as the trades come out Honestly, because yeah. yeah, it's like, it's easier for me to just get the trades. It's not, Oh, I think it's easier to read for me for this specific title because like, it feels like not a lot happens issue to issue but as a whole stuff starts happening. So it's kind of like, a, I don't really have want to have to wait a month to figure out like what's going to happen next. If I can just get the the trade and just mm-hmm. read it all at once is kind of my vibe with this specific series. Cause there are definitely series where I am like week to week. I need to know what happens next. This is not really one of them, but it is very good. Um, so that's awesome. Um, so with this title in particular, I think it, it is so crazy how bonkers this book has gone just like to the public like yeah the, it, the hunger for it is insane it came out of nowhere because it was like i had never heard of it we got the first trade in stock and i was kind of like this looks really interesting the title was really appealing i like saw the art on the front i was like this is this looks really really cool uh and then i was like oh shit james tinian okay that it's probably really good and i picked it up and i'm glad i did because like over the next two days, we had like probably five or six different people coming in and being like, do you guys have this in okay. stock? And I was like, wow, this like really, really got popular uh, this, out of nowhere. The issue number one went to like four printings. It was insane. Like the demand for it was, it was like insane. And so I was like so surprised too, because, you know, if you look even through like all the issues coming out, when they sell mm-hmm. out, they sell out. And, and yeah. You can buy, I, I saw online one time issues one through 16, and that was all ha- that had come out at the time. One mm-hmm. through 16 was uh, selling for $1,600. And I was like, what? That's crazy. And and I don't know if, if it ever sold for that price, but even so, right. like the fact that the series is making such like that big of a footprint on the industry yeah. uh, is so important. Um, yeah. Are you There's reading another- the. Oh, yes. oh, sorry. No, you go. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. There's another title that's kind of like that that I wanted to pick up and I missed on the first few issues, but that's been coming out now that just started picking up recently was uh Stray Dogs. It reminds oh, I've me heard about that. it. Yeah, where it's like I had never heard of it, no one had heard of it, and then all of a sudden we had 10 people show up on the pull list asking for this book, and I was like, What is happening? It just exploded and hit that like it's another horror title, and this is like wow, another horror independent title. This kind of came out of nowhere. And this reminds me a lot of that. So I'm so glad to like also see that like this is a boom studios title because yeah, because image has been the one with the like largest footprint on indie comics in the industry. And obviously, like I just adore image, but yeah, 
Boom has some good IP and like they could totally they have all the potential in the world and to see this book take off for them in in this way I'm like oh finally like they cuz I think they are third in line you know but there's DC and Marvel are both number 1 and then yep. Image and then Boom to come up through the ranks I'm just so glad to see it yeah I'm glad to see more like indie studios come up because I think diversity is really really nice in the comic world because you know everyone loves the big two but sometimes you want to try something different and i think something a little less sanitized and i think indie studios are the perfect for that kind of thing and i feel like this is like one of those titles that kind of is like like this might go through dc black label but i like it more than it's kind of like a we're just going to kind of be able to do our own thing because we don't really have to answer to anybody yeah that's and and there's no responsibility other than like independent creators and their creations, which is like a beautiful thing. Like, yeah, no, I, I love it. Um, support more, support more indie comic books. <laughs> oh, seriously though. Like honestly. And, and even if that's through trades or whatever, like your dollar yeah. is going to be the thing that shows the publishers to keep, you know, publishing. Um, yeah. And especially now, like at this time, we've recently had all this news about Substack just blowing up the entire industry. And so it's yeah. like, they, I think the industry is leaning way more like that way. So, um, okay, now into this book. How would you describe the like subgenre of horror that this book takes place in? This is definitely like a weird, like Lovecraftian, eldritch, like something, some other world where it mixes so many different genres of like horror, but also like kind of the unknown with kind of like a kids on bikes feel but there's a really competent adult so it's it's really weird i'm not sure exactly if there's one specific genre i'd attribute to it Mm -hmm. and i think that is good it makes it really unique uh in the fact that it's like we have a capable protagonist but that doesn't mean the tension like lets up it feels kind of like a like a resident evil game in a way of like you have the bullets but that doesn't mean you're safe kind of thing (laughs) is definitely what this vibe is that's, oh. I've never heard of that before, and I love that description oh. of the Resident Evil game. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, you have bullets, but that does not mean you're 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 set to go. And I feel like that's this. It's like this town has Erica, but that does not mean they're going to be safe from all this stuff happening. Uh, and I think they're really setting that up towards the end of this issue. It was kind of like this thing is bigger than they thought it is, and. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to get out of control really fast. How did you feel about the tone of mourning within, within this text? Like, cause that's like, so like, it's just relative, like adamant yes. from the first page. It's yeah. Like, because there's, um, you know, they, they address that the, the main boy is a, uh, a gay, a gay kid um, at some point in the comic. And so it's really interesting to see kind of like, it almost feels like grief in different stages at certain points where it's like, you know, he's kind of in denial about a lot of stuff happening. Uh, it feels like he's um, going through like a lot of anger and trying to want to help her. It feels like, you know, just like he's trying to make like deals with Erica so that way he can help. And it, it just feels like he's trying to process it and he's not doing a great job because he's putting his energy more towards something that he can physically try and help towards rather than trying to internalize it. Like, he should be trying to process it internally rather than externally trying to cause an action, I guess, is the way I would describe that. Yeah. But it, it's definitely a really good, um, like, execution of that. Because I've definitely been in situations where I've been kind of like a, I've been in, like, stages of grief where it's like, I want to do something about this. But maybe trying to do that isn't exactly your best option. And I feel like the book does a good job of trying to kind of be like, meh, maybe maybe the 15 year old kid shouldn't be trying to fight the huge dangerous monster when there's a more capable person yeah. there. It's kind of, sorry, that was a weird little ramble. I didn't really know what I was trying to. Welcome, welcome to podcasting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I totally agree. Cause I think, I think you, I think you're also coming from a place of uh, we're witnessing his own self-discovery and, and James's own self-discovery about like who he is and how he fits yeah. into his world while, while, uh, navigating this guilt, this survivor's guilt that he feels, and also just living th- in, in the trauma on top of all of that because of uh, he's like, because he, 
he lost his friends and nobody will possibly like believe him. And so yeah. we finally have the one person who's going to believe him. And uh, I think I, I like that example of kids on bikes because that's exactly what it feels like. You know, it's, yeah. he, he's not capable and they're waiting for a grown up to show up and, and she's the grown up, but it's like not, she's not white collar, like button up white picket fence. She yeah, is. She's not, she's not here to, to clean things up and you guys can go to bed. It's like a dirty process. It's like, yeah. you have to kind of see the sausage of how it's happening. Like see how the sausage is made. And I think, kind of like a, I think that's yeah. one of the, if I was to describe the horror in the book, I think that's, that's it. Cause like, yeah. The one of the, for, for me, like the most jarring thing from the first, like, cause I was like, I heard about this horror book and horror comics are way more up my alley. Like, sure. Just because they, you can't jump scare me on a page, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you have to really try and apply like things that are scary outside of like, boo, it's very like, you know, you have to apply that psychological kind of pressure to a book and that like that feeling of like fear and tension without, you know, having a soundtrack or having a, uh, any sort of uh, like kinetic movement to try and to scare your audience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so like with this, I, I, I really respond well to this type of horror and like comics are the thing that have gotten me into the genre that I literally just wanted, wanted to have nothing to do with because yeah. it's, it's not, it's just not appealing to me like to be scared. But like, the, yeah. I, I think I didn't say the most jarring thing is when you just see he's, he's looking at his friend, like reliving the trauma, oh. like when people are asking about it. And then you just see that, like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a panel or two later, you see the friends cut in half and it's like, yeah, he's oh. like, he's, and he's like just crawling towards him, and you're like, "Oh my god, what is going on?" And he and he never gets to finish his like sentence. He's like, "Help me!" Did, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's cool. up to the audience cool. what he actually said. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like that's the kind of stuff where it's like it's the guilt. And then he's like, "How come I can't do anything?" And then on top of that, how come nobody believes me? Yeah, and it's like it's kind of like it's even more upsetting because like rationally, why would anyone believe him? You know, it's like, why would anyone believe that monsters exist? Because, you know, rational brains say no. So it's like, it feels bad because you can't blame that and be like, oh, these stupid people, like they don't believe him. It's like kind of like, he does sound a little crazy, but he's not. And that's, it's just frustrating when you're kind of like, oh, we know that he's right, but no one is ever going to believe him about it except for Erica. Yeah. And then we get, we get that moment of like, uh, I mean, I want to, not a moment. We get the 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 idea of James and what he's going through, and we see what he's witnessing, and then we kind of have the simultaneous narrative of the brother who lost his sister. Yeah. How did you like? Did you like that? Like, how how did you feel about his little arc? Like the older brother, and like he has a job at Applebee's and da da da. Yeah, I like I like it actually. I think it was uh, I think it's an interesting like dichotomy. So we can kind of see both sides of this, of this, like you said, like this grief and this pain and mourning that both sides are going through where everyone seems to be wanting to act outwards in re like in response. And I think it's like, we've seen that a lot in a lot of like similar uh, type of things, like a lot of missing kids in like serial killer movies kind of have that same thing where it's like someone wants to act out rather than um, kind of take a moment and work on themselves, which is a perfectly like human response. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's good because it shows like, yeah, rationally, this guy has reason to believe that what's happening might be attributed to, to James and Erica, but we know as the audience that it's not. So it's, I, I like, I liked it. It added another level of like, mm, like, oh dude, please don't fuck up here, please. Like you yeah. really need this to work. And so. I, and I, yeah, I like that he, he did number one, he did like fuck it up. But then on top of that he like you can see both him and james aren't responding to their grief well and like for mm -hmm. them the, the way they try and like seize control of it they end up yeah. victim to it and they and they really do mess things up and i was like oh my gosh yeah. that was so interesting and so to see how two different people like two different perspectives like you know because i guess james got closure by witnessing the deaths but he didn't get to um process it What's well, like it's like he he doesn't like the process is not 
supported by anyone else because they don't believe him. You know, the brother right. didn't get any closure because he never saw his sister and then he did. So maybe, I don't know, moving on now, maybe you could potentially yeah. have some closure and take, take what he knows and move forward. It definitely ended in a way that the brother's going to have some way bigger role to play in this story. It seems with the whole, he sees like the house of slaughter and all that stuff. And I was kind of like, Oh, this guy might be like Erica now, maybe moving forward. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how they ended his little arc where I'm kind of like, uh, it was it was when he knocked out the cop. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this guy's really going down a point of no return here. Of like he's he's gonna do his thing and he's gonna do it now. So uh, yeah. Did you have a favorite moment in this book? I think that like James's flashbacks were really good of him just kind of like because like that opening where they're all talking and he's like trying to get them to come see this thing that he's completely lying about. And then the hard cut later on to like what actually happened is so like, like, oh, like you can like see that moment where he's like torn up about it because he was like, this is supposed to be a funny prank. And now it's kind of like, I got my friends killed. And seeing that moment in him is like, really like, oh, oh, God. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. You know what I love about that, too, is that they the james tinian or whoever you know does the layouts of the book they mm-hmm. mess with the page color and so when when it's the dark flashbacks the mm-hmm. the background is all black and then yeah. like the, the actual page between the panels and then when he's yeah. getting interviewed or something it's still like a dark tone but it's white and i'm like yeah. oh my gosh like the like the way they use those colors in the color palette and the layout it's, of the pages is so good in the story it's super cool it makes yeah. it it makes it so cinematic. Yeah. It feels like, yeah, like you're watching a movie almost, but it feels like it goes like that whoop, goes from white like full screen to widescreen. Yeah. That and then thing. the way that though also like, you know, when the way they like show the title showcase the title on the double page spread in the very first issue. Oh. So cool. I love it. And oh. like in that moment, I could hear like the dong, like a like a bell or something going off. You know, yeah, absolutely. Okay, what did what did you think about Erica Slaughter? Like wh- how she gets introduced and like the vagueness surrounding the character, but also like she she again she she's she, I love that your example. She sees how the sausage made and like it's gross, and I think she's kind of gross. Like she's competent, she but she's not like she's really rough around the edges. edges yeah, which I I I love it. I think she's a really interesting protagonist. I'm excited to see more of her kind of like in not as like have to find everything out right now moments. Like when she, what kind of, she kind of has, like when she's in a, like a little more of a relaxed downtimey thing. Uh, but I really like her. Like, I like that. We know basically nothing about her. It's like, we know she travels town to town and in, in the United States and hunts monsters. And it's like, she's part of some clan of monster hunters but she seems kind of like reluctantly part of them it's kind of like it's like interesting i i like her a lot she's very gruff she's very that's a good word she's very just like let me do my fucking job please don't get in my way of like i'm trying to help you and just so exasperated and like obviously she's been through this before of like people actively trying to stop her doing her thing i think that's really interesting and because like she seems like a younger character and but she seems like old, you know, like oh, yeah. she seems like hardened, not like this is her first mission or anything like she seems like she's like, I've done this a million times. Please don't fuck with my operation yeah. kind of thing. And uh, I like it a lot. I think it's uh, I think she's really cool. I am excited to see more like development out of her and kind of like more about her. But I think the mystery they set up behind her is really good to start. And I hope they slowly unpack it over the course of the the next few trade paperbacks that are coming out so yeah no i totally agree i think erica is she's such a unique character too and i think like you can boil her down to everything that went down to the police station like yeah like because you know the book bounces around and there's i think the two scenes that really make her like i guess you know what and this may be a silly it's like kind of duh moment sure. but but it's like the way that she interacts with others really just shows who you are because the ones that stand out are like her at the police station 
yep. like was a very specific. She's like, okay, can we just cut out the middleman? You're going to let me go. Cause you're going to get a phone call later. And yeah, don't let me go. People are going to die. And it's like, but like, yeah, but like under all that, she does like care. Cause like, she was like really nice to that little girl. And she like was pretty nice to James of like reaching out and being like, Hey, this is really tough. If you want to work. And she's like, she let him work with her a little bit on it because she knows it would help him a bit. And so it's like, and it's like, you know, she's, so she does care. She's not like emotionless and uh, like super cynical and like a machine. She obviously cares. And I think that's really interesting contrasting like how gruff and like get business done she is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very Batman. It is very Batman. And yeah, I agree. That's something that like, I do, like, I really, one of my favorite things about Batman is his lack of ability to relate to people. I think she can. And I like, you know, she knows what she needs to do in the situation, but when it comes mm-hmm. to like interpersonal dynamics, she isn't uh, skilled. Yeah. She's, she shouldn't be running the PR of whatever clan of monster hunter <laughs> she's in. And yeah, but even, you know, cause I'm like, yeah, I don't want to paint it like she's unpleasant, but it's just like, wow. Like it's just so, yeah, with her, there's no half measures. And even in conversation, she's just going to get right to the point, even if that's like the most jarring thing in the world. Yeah, she's there to do her job and she knows she has to do her job and she's like just there to do it. And it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, you know what? You got to respect that. Liam's a fan. Um, I like I like her a lot. She's uh, super cool. So. Um, I'm figuring out my questions. Who do you think oh, was your good? who do you think was your favorite character? I gotta go with Erica. She's just so she's just so interesting. I just like her a lot. She's like so just balanced as a character and like just all the mystery and stuff around her and it's kind of like, man, like when you think of Monster Hunter, you're kind of like yeah, that's super cool and I like she's like, she's not infallible uh, she's not like invincible but she is competent and I think they did a good job of not like overdoing it one way of making her either completely helpless or making her like a god so there's no like tension or fear in the story i think they hit a perfect like little moment of like yep that's good and i think the big fight with the monster towards the end is a good like showing of that of like she she can kill this fucking monster it's a big scary huge monster and she kills it but like her protecting everyone else kind of like puts into this thing that she's like yeah she's like i'm here to help over everything else but i need you to get the fuck out of my way i i just i just like erica i just think she's super cool she's very badass and it's also so cool like there's not enough competent like badass women in any medium and so to see her be how she is and also not be like because there's competent women that they'll just make femme fatale, which is cool. She's not yeah. even that. She's like, I'm no, going to go to Applebee's at 7 a.m. and order a beer. And I'm like, you don't yeah, have to she's do just, that. She's just fucking cool. Also, her design is just awesome with like the platinum hair, the green eyes. It just looks super cool. The mask is the awesome. The mask is so cool. Like, actually, that I, we should use this moment. Like, I think Erica's cool, but I don't know if this book would, would have the potential that it has mm-hmm. without this art. Because I always try to mention the artist. Oh on the yeah, pod it's, it's amazing were there de- i'm gonna butcher this it's were there deladera and yeah. it, it, oh I, I think it's it they, they are wonderful and like the 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 it the impressionist yeah so well it's yeah. the brush strokes and then specifically the way they do erica's eyes is yeah they uh, they seem so like empty but so like full of something that you can't quite like pin down I love it. And and they're I, really, they're big. And like the color choices and everything they're using are everything is, is firing on all cylinders. The art match for this book. Oh yeah. I, I think this is like perfect art for this book. I might have to take back my favorite moment from earlier, by the way. Okay. What is it? <laughs> that moment where they're in the, the shop and they're trying to buy all the weapons to fight the monsters. And oh. the guy's like, Oh, if you want to like get the best chainsaw, I can go get one back. She's like, no, give me the worst one you have. I want the yeah. one that like, We'll just cut through your arm if it catches. He's like, uh. He's like, I was like, yeah. He's like, what the fuck? I love it. Yeah, that it's like, and even in that, even in that like moment, she's not unpleasant. You know what I mean? Like, no. she's just like, she's just matter of fact. And like, yeah, she's that's, like, I need. She's like, I need the worst one. And he's yeah. kind of like, uh, <laughs> all right, hey, don't ask, don't tell. And then, um, for me, I think my favorite moment was 
and favorite moment and favorite character for this book was the teacher or the principal. Yeah. It was the principal in a way where like, you know, it's almost unbelievable that he'd be that sympathetic and kind because he's cursing in front of the kid. He's like, Oh, you should have, you should have done more. Like should have beat your kid's ass or whatever. And it's like, Ooh, that I really, really, really liked that because I'm like, it, it, it was just this book, it, it could have leaned so much more into the freaking like dark, grim, yeah, you know, n- nihilism of, of of the world they want to paint in a horror book, like matter of fact. Yeah, but they, they did. They, yeah, they chose to lean just a lot more into like the humanism and those like the tender moments that people have with each other and like the reason why these monsters need to be exterminated. As I kind of how I feel, it's like because of moments like this where it's like. It raises the stakes because we don't want that person getting hurt kind of thing. How did you like the uh, monster design? Ooh, it's it's good. I like the like abstractness of it. Like, like no, no panel makes them match. Yeah, it's like very disjointed, abstract. Everything looks different. And it's like, I kind of like that. It gives us like illusion of shapeshifty, like almost dark inky ooziness to them that i i thought was i i thought was super cool i I liked it a lot i like the the red like lights almost coming like the bioluminescence kind of like emanating off of it is really interesting i i I really like it i think it's cool it seems like something glowing in it rather than it just being red it's kind of like ah cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i agree i was like because it, it's always with, with with creating your own monster there's very much mm-hmm. like a part of it that's like you know at, at some point the what we imagine is going to be the worst thing you know what i mean so sure. so the not showing can be so powerful but only mm-hmm. to a point and so and so the fact that i still you know we don't know what these things look like in the daylight i really appreciate it I'm very interested to see how they're going to to execute that because I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it just oh, wait. Do we wait? And now I'm thinking. I think, I think there's a point we see one briefly when the brother he goes to his phone. car. Yeah, I'm like literally we did see it in the daylight, but that's but it's show. Um, <laughs> and also yeah, I'm like you guys get my point though. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm like I'm like we're editing that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, honestly, like I just for this book, there's not much to, yeah, plot wise to talk about. So, like, really, it's I very think... world buildy. It's very yeah. like here are the main characters. Here's kind of like there are monsters. If you like believe in them, you can see them, kind of thing. And it's like, and then there's like a, a, a organization of oh, people is that, that the is that the that's that's what like the terms are like you have to believe in monsters to be yeah yeah because she was kind of like he's like how could i see these monsters she's like you have to believe him see him and he's kind of like i don't believe in monsters and she's like you do you just don't like rationally do is kind of like yeah. her whole thing to the kid and yeah, then, i didn't uh, get that yeah <laughs> again yeah, above my head yeah oh, it's fine and then the older brother like he can't see it at all until she stabs him with that whatever it is we don't know what it is yet yeah and then he can turn around and be like oh shit that is a monster okay uh also yeah if i was to mention one thing the climax of this book is very 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 good it is really tense i yeah i'm interested in this new girl it's she's because she's not missing or anything it's just like uh, what what yeah where where did she come from and then you know that scene, the buildup to them, like, you know, the, the, the brother coming into the den and then accidentally yeah. trying to shoot the, I love like, like a really perfectly like well-timed tragedy. Yes. Like, and just it, James getting shot. I think all of us kind of know, like, he's not going to die, but yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's just like, Oh God. The cop. Like, oh my gosh. The, the, it just levels up everything so quick. And I, and I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Okay, so my last question, at least pertaining to the book, is yeah. what would you rate it out of 10? Out of 10 for a number for like a first book, like a solid 7.5 to 8, like right around there. It's it's really good at setting everything up. It's really tense. Uh, I wish there was maybe a little more stuff that like happens, but 
for what we got, it was really, really good. Yeah, I think I think it was a 7.75. And like as this series like progresses, as it is still progressing, like yeah. I'm I'm excited to read more. And like we all know that like I think Erica's the protagonist, not James. And like to yeah. see to see that uh move forward, I'm I'm really excited for. I'm just, you know, yeah. I told Liam, I think before we started recording, this is something I definitely read as a as a hard deluxe hardcover because I just want yeah. all the source material to just bombard me. But yeah, she's like, I want to know what happens. I want to see what's going on. There's yeah. So yeah. So much like things that I want to know that they give us and they don't tell us. Um but I, I do the the last thing I guess I do when I talk about uh mm-hmm. oh wait I didn't give my rating. I think I give it a 7.75 yeah you got like because it's it's good but it's not on there again like there's a lot of pieces that are missing but like yeah. in the story that they told here now it was really good very sound very very good we just know that it's part of something bigger which isn't i guess quite fair to take away from this but almost like oh man i just i i'd also think did need some more to happen i agree yeah but it is good i don't want to downplay how good it is yeah the, and I don't think I don't think we did it all. Like we didn't. I, I has this. I also have nothing bad to say about the book. Like that's about as much I, as I can muster up. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's. I think it's really solid all the way through. I don't think there's any real uh, like bumps or bits where I was kind of like, all right, we get it, move on. I think it was really good the whole way through. Um, my okay. So my last, I guess, question thought for mm-hmm. me, this is the book that like put James Tinian on the map. And I am, yeah. I just want to say that I am so happy about that because I think this is a creator that has been paying his dues for years. Like yeah. I think as far as I, I can tell. A, yeah. Yeah. I know he had a good run of Batman and that's where I first heard him first, like first heard of him, but I heard like great writer, all this stuff's really good. And I saw this and I was like, time to check it out. Time to see if it, if it follows through and it absolutely does i, I think just it's- yeah he is uh, he like he it's not that he had a good run on batman it's that he was literally in scott snyder's shadow for such a it, long time like i'd, I'd argue that james tinian is more responsible for batman eternal than which is like a 50 that was a that was a weekly batman book for a year and, right. and it was it's scott snyder ahead of the bat it was new 52 so scott snyder yeah. had a batman at the time James Tinian's under him, you know, doing, doing their stuff. They do that. Then, then they write Batman and Robin eternal. Then they write, uh, then he does a, uh, a long run on detective comics at the beginning of rebirth. And I actually just fun fact, got the omnibus for that run. Uh, and from what I read, I absolutely adored it. And I was like, Oh wow. Like that's I've heard it great. that. And then, you know, rightfully so he, he, he had been writing Batman and that's I, the beginning of rebirth. That was one issue every two weeks as opposed to the standard one issue a month which is just yeah. like the gnarliest man hours and he was juggling so many characters in that story too like but when you pick it up it is so good it's like a bat family book which i just adore so i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that and then awesome. and then he takes over batman and everyone's excited about his batman rightfully so like him getting the range is cool and yep. now we get that then i hear about this book uh, something to the children. And I was like, I'm so glad to just know that he is a creator that now has so much attention towards him and he gets all this autonomy because he deserves it. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it. And I, I am glad that this is like a fully him project. This is him. Boom. Handed him the reins to a story and he just gets to just fucking go. And yeah. I, I think it's great because I feel like any interference with this story would really throw it off kilter. So I'm, I'm real happy that this is just like, it's his book, it's his story, and I'm, it's it's awesome. I think it's great. Yeah, and again, again, like it's one thing, it's one thing if he just had like an outline, a platform for him to like, okay, like wow, now he has his own book, and that's cool. But now, now, now he has his own book that is selling out and amazing. You know, everyone is yeah. understanding the, his potential, which is just good news. You know, for the industry. Yeah. So it's great. I wanted, I like that's you know a majority of my score is just to see like someone get their due. And so now yeah. oh, it's uh, fucking great. Yeah. So love James Tinian and go pick up. If you have omnibus money, go pick up for everyone in the audience, Batman, the rise and fall of the Batman omnibus. I haven't finished it, but I read, I read the first arc and he treats Tim Drake the way he's supposed to be treated. And that's what I need to say. So, Hell yeah. um, okay. 
Liam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This Thanks was so me. fun. Yeah. I'm, we're, we're definitely going to have you back. We, him and I, Liam and I have already been had conversations about Maximum Carnage. And that's all I'm going to say. So I'm not going to say when. I'm not going to say how or where. But that is a book. And that's actually really fun because that's a book that I have never read before. So it's very few of our between that I get books on here that I haven't read, but I'm like, I know that's a classic. I, I know it's about time for me to read it. So if you could see how excited my face was that Cameron's going to read this, this title, it's, it's very <laughs> excited. Well, I, I, read that's... That, I got that from my high school library. I was reading the like collected versions of that. And, uh, Oh man, it's fun. And I managed to pick up my own copy and it's fucking good. Oh my gosh. I remember, I think, was it when you started the shop, you, you picked up uh, the, the copy of Maximum Carnage. Did you get it from the shop or no? You, I, I managed to get a copy from the shop. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what am I saying? You picked it up now because I told you, okay, cool. cool, cool yeah. Cool. Cause I read it. In, I read it in high school yeah. and uh, I, oh man, it's so fucking good. Oh my gosh. I, I haven't, I haven't read it, but like, I know it already has some heavy hitters. Like I, I love Mark Bagley. He's a co-creator of Carnage, and I think he's my favorite Spider-Man artist. You know, da da da. But that generation of Spider-Man is just so memorable, and so to be able to, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you to read it. I'm excited to hear what your thoughts we're, are. We're we're gonna talk about it. So, anyways, um, Liam, thank you so much for coming on the pod. We will see you next time. Make sure to uh, like and subscribe and clobber. What am I saying? Make sure to collaborate those like and subscribe buttons as well as leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And also if you are, uh, go check us out on Instagram at camera comics, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at camera comics. Uh, Liam, please plug yeah. your, 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 where, where to find your movies and what you're working on. Oh yeah. Just, uh, lost utopia films on, um, YouTube and mostly not right now uh yeah it's like if you want to follow my horrible stupid twitter uh oh yeah it's at spooky liam but the the o's are zeros oh yes it it is a spooky page that's why he's my horror guy yeah how fitting right oh my gosh that's so funny um okay cool well thank you so much liam for coming on the pod we have so much fun with you we'll see you later see ya